0: Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Today's readings are from the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. But do you gird your loins? Stand up and tell them all that I command you. Be not crushed on their account, as though I would leave you crushed before them. For it is I this day who have made you a fortified city, a pillar of iron, a wall of brass against the whole land, against Judah's kings and princes, against its priests and people. They will fight against you, but not prevail over you, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, I will sing of your salvation. I will sing of your salvation. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me and deliver me. Incline your ear to me and save me. I will sing of your salvation. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety, for you are my rock and my fortress. O my God, rescue me from the hand of the wicked. I will sing of your salvation. For you are my hope, O Lord, my trust, O God, for my youth. On you I depend from birth. From my mother's womb, you are my strength. I will sing of your salvation. My mouth shall declare your justice, day by day your salvation. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and till the present I proclaim your wondrous deeds. I will sing of your salvation. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, strive eagerly for the greatest spiritual gifts. But I shall show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I own, and if I hand my body over so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. If there are prophecies, they will be brought to nothing. If tongues, they will cease. If knowledge, it will be brought to nothing. For we know partially, and we prophesy partially. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I used to talk as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became man, I put aside childish things. At present, we see indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face. At present, I know partially. Then I shall know fully, as I am fully known. So faith, hope, love remain, these three. But the greatest of these is love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, No prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel, in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarathath, in the land of Sidon. Again there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill, on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. People can be so impersonal, especially when they're not really people at all. As many of you know, I worked for uh, 14 years plus for a large international insurance company. In one of my positions, I was financial manager for a fairly significant uh, multi-state division, and each month I was responsible for preparing a standardized uh, operations report to be submitted to our home office uh, overlords. Generally, a few days after I... uh, sent it in, the division's management team would uh, be expected to participate in a conference call to discuss our year-to-date results with our our collective bosses. I hated those calls. We hated those calls. The discussion was, of course, all about numbers. Were we hitting our sales targets, our retention targets, our price targets, loss ratios, expenses, all that? Would we make our profit goals for the year? None of it was personal, of course, except in a sense it was very personal. A corporation, by law, is a juridic person. It has obligations and rights. It can commit crimes and be an upstanding member of the community it serves as well. And yet it doesn't breathe. It has no soul. But the ultimate goal of every corporate person is to be what accountants would call a going concern. A corporation wants to continue to exist, to stay alive, so to speak. Everyone on that call was focused on keeping our corporate mother breathing. And so we would work long hours, be anxious, frustrated, sometimes get yelled at based on how well we took care of a person that didn't really exist except on paper in a state department of commerce or insurance. Sometimes, you know, we joked with each other and talked about common interests. And, yes, sometimes we forged actual and lifelong friendships. I'm blessed with many of them. But if you were getting chastised on a conference call, it wasn't out of concern for your personal success or growth. It was all about the personal success or growth of the person on the other line. You know, They were trying to keep their job. And if you weren't helping them, they certainly weren't interested in helping you. No wonder we drank a lot. Can you feel the love in our reading today from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians? He certainly talks a lot about love. We normally hear this reading at weddings, which celebrate the love of the couple entering into marriage. It's kind of ironic that Paul's writing these words to a community that pretty much is failing to love each other. You may remember that in last week's uh, second reading from this same letter, Paul was talking about the various spiritual gifts present in the church at Carnath and how each person's unique gifts contributed to the body of Christ. This this letter, you know, the, the reason for this letter all started when Paul heard that some members of the group felt that their particular gift or gifts were more important than those of some others, and it was causing resentment and division and uh you know just problems in in the Corinthian community so this lack of love leads paul to write to them about the importance of love when when paul says love never fails he's he's basically saying that everything else does fail sooner or later it's wonderful to be a teacher or a prophet or an evangelist to have wisdom or the gift of tongues a beautiful singing voice is a great asset in any faith community maybe maybe one person just has a lot of money to give and is generous with giving it, there might be a particular skill or craft that a person can offer. All of that's great, but but if those gifts are given or received without love, then then they're no more than, than a resounding gong or a clashing symbol, as Saint Paul says. Can you feel the love in the first reading, the psalm, the gospel? It, it depends on where you look, I guess. The Lord, in, in calling the young Jeremiah to a vocation, uh, to his vocation as a prophet, makes it pretty clear that the boy is going to be under attack. Words like "be not crushed" and "they will fight against you" certainly doesn't don't suggest that Jeremiah is going to be the darling of of the people of Jerusalem. And in the gospel reading, which if you, if you recall last week is a continuation of that scene when Jesus begins his public ministry in the, in the, his hometown synagogue in Nazareth, things start out looking okay. When when Jesus first uh, finishes speaking, we hear all spoke highly of him and were amazed. At the gracious words that come that came from his mouth, that sounds good, right? But things cr- turn ugly pretty quickly, and Jesus almost gets himself thrown off a cliff. W- w- so, what's the problem? Uh, very simply, it's a lack of love. the The people of Jeremiah, uh, uh, the, the the people of Jeremiah's time, they're not going to feel all warm and fuzzy when Jeremiah preaches to them. G- Jesus, hometown friends, don't feel loved by what what happens next in the reading. Jesus responds to their admiration of him by calling them out on what they're thinking and their true motivations. They've heard that Jesus is a wonder worker, but they want to know what he can do for them. We we hear in the gospel, he said to them, surely you will say, do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And then he said to them, amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Jesus then says, that his ministry will be like those of Elijah and Elisha. His greatest work will be done not for his homeboys, but for sinners and Gentiles. Similarly, the Lord says to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. See, Jeremiah and Jesus are sent not to serve, serve the people of Israel as much as to challenge them. Does that mean Jeremiah and Jesus don't love their own family and friends? No, not at all. The the lack of love is not in Jeremiah or Jesus. It's lacking in the people who oppose them. They are the chosen people, chosen by God, not merely to receive the Lord's blessings, but to be a light to the nations. Instead, they're turned in on themselves. They're asking God in so many words, what have you done for me lately? Love focuses on the happiness of the other rather than your own happiness. The citizens of Jerusalem in Jeremiah's time and the people of Nazareth with Jesus in the synagogue that day, they've become the resounding gong or the clashing symbol of which St. Paul writes. So so has the Lord abandoned the chosen people? Far from it. The, 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 The psalmist expresses it best. He says, the Lord is his rock of refuge, his hope, his strength. Having known the Lord from his mother's womb and from his youth, he will declare the Lord's justice and his wondrous deeds. The author, just like those who oppose Jeremiah and Jesus, still cries out to the Lord for assistance. But the difference is that that he knows that the Lord will never abandon him because he's never abandoned him before. And Jeremiah and Jesus are only able to accept their missions because they never doubt that God's never going to allow them to perish, never permit them to fail because they know God loves them. And because they know that, they're completely free to love others. Whatever gifts they have been given, they're going to generously give them away because God, because love, God, God's love for them never runs out, never fails. The, the church, according to canon law, is also a person, a juridic person and a moral person with rights and obligations according to the law. The danger is that like a corporate person, we, the church, become so focused on remaining a going concern that we turn that we turn in, our, that we turn all in on ourselves and, 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 and worry more about serving the church, which ends up being its leaders and its active members, and forget about our mission to be a light to the nations. in other words, it's very possible that the church could and does at times lack love. I can't think of anything more tragic than that I, I, I've shared with you uh, some of you that I had a really really unique Christmas this year. I wasn't where I expected or wanted to be, in a crowded church, fluttering with excitement, inspiring music, and beautifully de- arranged decorations, poinsettias, lighted trees. Instead, I had, I had time to visit with some wonderful families, among whom were those who would, who would not be able to be with the crowds for various reasons, from health concerns to, to faltering faith to approaching death. If it was a normal time for me I would have not had the opportunity to be with those people I visited on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day but I learned something powerful I was in fact exactly where the church is meant to be and I know that, that next year by the grace of God if I am if I am back at it when I am back at it I got to find a way for my parish to, to do Christmas different The decorations and the poinsettias and the music, that's nice, and that will all still be there, but but that's, that's not where my focus needs to be. The church is not meant to be a going concern or a resounding gong, but rather a fountain of love. As Ezekiel envisioned, living water flowing out from the temple to nourish the countryside below. If we truly believe we don't need the church or the Lord to serve us. We we already feel the love from the Lord and and need nothing more. Richer than any billionaire, we're then empowered and, and, and impelled to spend ourselves making God's love present to others. Love is the only real gift, be it spiritual or physical, because it's the only thing, it's the only gift that lasts. As St. Paul says, so faith, hope, love remain these three, but the greatest of these is love. God bless you.